I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. I'm here with Compass Data Center CEO Chris Crosby, and we're talking about the data center industry. Next. Chris, thank you very much for joining us today. Really excited to be with you. Yeah, good to be here. Um, you know, so one of the things that we like to do when we get to sit down with industry leaders is just hear about their tenure in the space. And so, um, you know, you've been in the data center industry for um, a long time, and so we'd love to hear how you got into the space and and um, and how you've seen the industry change during that time. Great. Yeah, kind of a crazy path. Started out software guy, computer scientist, yeah. and started working at Bell Northern Research out of school, and we um, and then Nortel. Uh -huh. um, and all through the explosion of telecom deregulation of the or breakup of Ma Bell and yeah. deregulation of the PTTs internationally and got to work in a lot of these buildings where we put a lot of our gear yeah. and uh, transitioned out start of uh, 2001 into 2001 basically uh, working with uh, Carlisle group uh -huh. and what's now CoreSite and they had a couple buildings one Wilshire building in LA yeah. and the gold building in San Jose and uh, so spent about a year there at the genesis of CoreSight and, and uh, until I got fired for being yeah. a smartass and uh, <laughs> then started up uh, one of the predecessor entities for uh, Digital Realty yeah. and um, and obviously we had a, a great run there. Uh, it was a lot of fun yeah. and um, I think recognized faster than most uh, the opportunity and in, in, in the wholesale side of this business yeah. as opposed to just the retail side of the business and, and so it was a it's a fun journey, um, and and then getting into uh, 2011 time, end of 2011 time frame, really starting Compass. So, uh, been definitely blessed to be in the space. Yeah, so. I think uh, you know when you were at Digital, then that was that was almost you know somewhat of the beginning of larger deals getting done with enterprise users. And but what what was what was that like uh, from a time period perspective, and just the way users were evaluating the market? Obviously, that's changed a lot. You know, from from then to where it is now, from an industry standpoint. But you know, yeah. what was that like then to where it is now? It was hard. Yeah. You know, doing the first wholesale deals, creating those leases, uh, kind of doing the first per KW kind of deals yeah, out sure. there. Yeah. Um, the uh, first financial services deal, mm -hmm. the first, you know, and so it was fun. Uh, you know, the five six time frame was a lot harder. By seven, mm. eight, we were we were humming along. I mm -hmm. think you know we did. 40 million in contract, you know, in mm -hmm. in revenues uh, signed up uh, back in 2007. So yeah. kind of crazy. We went from building, you know, 100 million to 750 to a billion. Yeah, um, and uh, That's a pretty big change. It was, you know, and it was just being in the right right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, you know, that recognition that there could be a specialist that could maybe do this a little better. Mm -hmm. um, but it was hard to sell. Uh, yeah. It was hard to get through those first few. But you know, we had a great team and and. Uh, were able to do that. Yeah, when you started Compass in 2011, you know what was the thought at the time of how to approach the market, and how has that iterated over the past, you know, seven or eight years? You know, I think I went back a little bit to to my past and really looked at it from the perspective of um, you know we had a very service provider friendly yeah. model, yeah. and and what's what's the right customer model? What is it that the customer's you know needs are? and uh, how do you address those needs. Yes. And so really architecting more of a product type of play, a, um, which has evolved into a kit of parts now. Mm -hmm. But of course, when we started Compass, we really had to, had to get the model right. Yeah. And, and so now we've got a good kit of parts that doesn't break a system so we can deliver 
you know, really on a paradox, right? Mm -hmm. How do you get low low cost for the customer, mm -hmm. high quality, and fast? Mm -hmm. And and that's really the, that three pillars is what we've been trying to accomplish. Yeah. What have you seen, you know, uh, from a user standpoint, and uh, you know enterprise users, but obviously there's different types of enterprise users, there's different types of cloud operators, and um, but, but how have you seen user needs change impact the way that data center developers are actually delivering the space today? Yeah, so, so good, good question. I mean, we're not a, we're definitely not trying to do a, a better version of something, we're yeah. really trying to do a different version. Okay. Um, so we do look at architecting it a little differently mm -hmm. based upon whether or not we're dealing with a, say, a, a co-location hosting company mm -hmm. as our customer, an enterprise as our customer, a, a, a cloud SaaS, or the, you know, the, the big, big guys. Yeah, sure. And, and I think they're really different categories. Um, and you architect some things a little differently for each, um, but you've, you've got to know their environments. And, and our advantage comes in when, when the control lever is important okay. for folks. Um, you know, our best customers are the ones that have been in multi-tenant and, okay. and have been through some cycles and, yeah. and see some value and maybe a little different way of doing things. Yeah. Why do you think the, uh, how have users looked at control and how has that changed from their perspective? Because I think one of the things that uh, has really fueled the, the data center third party leasing world has been data center users getting comfortable with the fact that they can take their IT infrastructure and place it in buildings that are, to an extent, not controlled by them. Sure. You know? um, but so, so, but there are users that do want some level of control. They do want to speak into some of that. And so, how have you seen that ebb and flow over the last several years? You know, I really think it's the option to have control okay. that matters the most. Okay. Uh, you know, am I stuck? Do yeah. I have to move? Yeah. Um, if I don't like the scenario that I'm yes. in. Yes. Uh, you know, if you're a do you want to feel like the biggest customer, or mm -hmm. do you do you want to just be one among the sea mm -hmm. of customers? Mm -hmm. and, and so, we're not we're not serving the universal marketplace. Sure, and we we're okay with that. Yeah, uh, right. We we don't do beneath a building, and and so that's going to limit us to, to larger customers. Yeah. Now our 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 customers are some of the folks that serve those smaller mm -hmm. sure. smaller customers. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I would just say where that matters for folks where. Um, flexibility uh, matters, where control matters, where uh, option value matters yep. as far as what you want to do. That's really where we're going to resonate. If, if that's not a, if that's not high on somebody's list, that's yep. okay. We're just, yeah. I don't care whether it's 100 kilowatts or 10 megawatts, if that's not high on somebody's list, sure. you know, that's maybe not our best customer. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Is there, when you think about capital in the space today, is there too much? Is, you know, I think we've seen um, the, uh, the the market looking at the space differently mm -hmm. in the past several years. Uh, do you feel like uh, there's too much capital in the space? Is there not enough? How do you how does that feel to you today? I think anybody in an asset-based business that thinks there's too much capital yeah. is crazy. <laughs> um, you know, we deploy capital for a living, yeah. and and make a return on and of yeah. that capital. So, um, you know, I think I think that. There's always opportunities for, for new capital to come in. I think we're maturing rapidly in okay. this space. Um, I think it, it is interesting to look at um, where things are at. The same models that were successful five years ago aren't going to be successful today. Yes. And um, you know, so I, I. But you know, there is a lot of capital, but there's also 
a massive amount of, of uh, demand that's mm -hmm. out there on a macro level. So, you know, we still go through these cycles where you get phone calls, oh my God, is there oversupply in yeah, X, sure. Y, or Z market? Yeah. Okay, sure, temporarily yeah. there might be. Yeah. But when you look at the supply-demand imbalance that's yeah. overall in the market, you yeah. know, our, our cycles are a lot shorter cycles yeah. than normal real estate yes. cycles. Yeah, yeah. I always tell people there's, you know, there's there's nowhere that there's just stranded capacity sitting there that has been there for a long, long periods of time that no one is leasing. I mean, typically, within reason, if you know, power is delivered, it gets leased over time. So. Right. Um, okay. So when when you think about sitting in your seat, leading your company. Uh, Y'all made some strategic acquisitions over the last year or so. Talk about those and then how you envision growing your company moving forward. Sure. So, you know, the Compass vision from day one is always to provide a secure place for any industry to plug in wherever they grow. Yeah. And uh, part of that meant uh, from day one the, the edge. And, uh -huh. and of course, we started our business. In, in markets that people weren't going into, um, in places like Minneapolis mm -hmm. and Nashville's and Raleigh's of the world, and um, uh, now, now of course, some of those markets have become a little more mainstream. Yeah. But uh, you know, we always try to put where the client actually wants it. And uh, the vision, being a network guy, was always, you know, the public network and where that's going has its, you know, has its limitations, mm -hmm. and eventually we'll catch it because mm -hmm. there's just too much stuff going through the pipes and performance is going to matter. And um, so at the end of the day, what we envisioned was, okay, we've got our, our data centers and we can do core campuses, we, which very large yeah. scale, and yeah. tens, of, tens of megawatts. We can do, you know, the megawatt plus mm -hmm. type style mm -hmm. campuses. And then how do you solve the, the edge? And mm -hmm. uh, so we made an acquisition at the end of last year uh, and purchased Bitbox and yeah. EdgePoint. Um, and so the Compass EdgePoint Solutions program is really an interesting one in which we can um, provide solution sets for different types of, of, of folks. Mm -hmm. and, and so we bought the team that, that was providing a lot of things for the Google Fiber team at scale. Yeah. And so what that does for us is gives us an advantage. How do you, the problem on the edge is much more of a utility type of problem. Okay. How, do you, how do you service? How do you, how do you install? How do you take care of? hundreds of units mm -hmm. and how do you do that well mm -hmm. across a lot of different markets and that's a software and service solution as much as it is a what the box looks like yeah and so it's a, it's been a good good uh, we acquired a great team and with uh, John Trout and Sharif yeah and, sure um, looking forward to as we uh, continue to, to roll that out and, and uh, serve serve customers it's still early yeah. on the edge play yeah, but, but the infrastructure is uh, uh, you know there's an ana analogy to the original wholesale business okay uh, there's a need yeah um, it's a headache for a lot of people sure. and, and you can be an expert at solving that problem yeah how quickly do you or you know what do you think is the maturity um, time frame for the edge data center market so one thing I like about you is you will look into the future and kind of communicate where you think things are going um, but how, how, how quickly or how um, close are we to the maturity of that market you know if you compared it to the, the more the larger data center market that we're in today I think it's going to be pretty analogous to the play that we that happened on wholesale okay it starts with small increments and yep. then it kind of moves into the you know right now we're in the curve where you wouldn't talk to an enterprise that wouldn't consider it sure even a couple of years ago yeah. that wasn't the case yeah that's good so yeah. and and you know we started really wholesale business in 2005 yeah so um, or 
you know, the yeah, naming, sure. naming of it yeah. as that. And so, you know, that's that's a long time ago. Yeah. So I think I think that doesn't mean that there's not good business in those early stages, mm -hmm. but before it really comes mainstream, I yeah. don't know, is that five years, is that 10 years? Uh, I know that we'll see some use cases that are going to be pretty significant, yeah. you know, within the next couple of years. Yeah. Do you, when you think about the customers that you all have and then the people that you all talk to and have talked to over the last several years, how are you seeing them make the best decisions with their IT infrastructure? You know, how, when, they're, when they're considering how to, um, what solutions to look at, how to implement cloud into, you know, co-location data centers and things like that, how are you seeing them do that well? You know, I, I think the, uh, the best customers out there, I think, have a really good understanding of how the network works mm -hmm. and where they think that that can go. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think that they also don't have a, uh, a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. And, you know, uh, if you look at public cloud, it's it, why would you develop on another platform today? Mm -hmm. Now, does that mean that you deploy upon it, um, potentially? Yeah. But knowing that, you know, I think the best customers out there are okay with the fact that there's not one size that fits yeah. everything. Yeah. And I think that they're realistic in those stair steps around, you know, what's my least worst decision? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't buy exactly what I want at all points in time, or everything's not going to go one way, or everything's not going to go the other way. And I think those are the more mature customers that are making a series, honestly, and especially in the enterprise space, it's a series of least worst decisions. Yeah. It's not necessarily, yeah. um, this is the perfect plan sure. we're going to do because there's so much change. Yeah. You, you just, you, you've got to have the flexibility to deal with change. Yeah. You mentioned when you all started out, when companies started out, you were in markets that, you know, were probably considered secondary, um, Minneapolis, Nashville, areas like that. Um, it seems like the vision has switched to an extent as you think about other markets that you will grow into. Um, what areas are most attractive to you all now, um, ge geographically, as you think about the U.S., and, um, and how will that grow moving forward? Well, I mean, we, we still go where customers go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously we weren't willing to play in those markets. Uh, we made some product changes yeah. to allow us to play in some of the larger markets yeah. uh, and play on more of the, the uh, hyperscale, you know, internet sure. giant type of stage. But, um, you know, I think, I think really it boiled down to you want to get the kinks out, you want to get the yes. model working well before you go to compete. And, and we had to feel like we were at the cost basis that could compete because, you know, I still view this as a... Um, as a sale in which, you know, whether you're selling an automobile, um, if one's cheaper than another one, that matters. Yeah. And good. and if one, if you can sell that automobile at the same price as somebody else and yeah. it has a lot more features yeah. in it uh, and it has quality behind it, that's, you know, ultimately going to pay off a la, you know, Honda versus Oldsmobile. Yeah, that's good. Um, as you, so I want to transition a bit, but as you think about leadership, and this might be from more of a personal perspective, but um, I've, I certainly have enjoyed some of the conversations that we've shared about just leadership in general and, um, you know, how do you look at what you're doing today, how you're leading today, and, like, how have you grown, you know, over the last 15, 20 years in the business, um, you know, leading companies then versus leading companies now? How's your perspective changed and what's that been like? You know, it's... It's funny. I'm a lot more self-aware, I would okay. say. 
Okay. Uh, that's probably the biggest area where I've grown. Um, you know, the the my strengths are, are the op, you know the opposite side of that are my biggest weakness. Hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I'm still an a-hole, <laughs> but I'm a lot more aware of it. Now. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I, I'm a passionate guy, yeah. and I can't change my passion around yeah, sure. things. Um, but, you know, I think I think being genuine about things. Yeah. You know, our our first core conviction at Compass, which is crucial to our to our business, is humility and pride out. And yeah. you know, I've been very fortunate to have the career path that I've had and have the great teams around me. And you know, as soon as you can recognize that, it's not all about you know what you want to do all yeah. the time and how do you go get how do you go point to a mountain and let your team go take yeah. it and that's where I get all my job satisfaction out of yeah. it's not the things that I've done it's watching the team succeed that's the best part about yeah. it yeah y'all y'all you know it sounds like you you have a really solid team together today um, but talk about that just as far as your team is built and how you all are looking to you know grow that in the next few years so we've got some great leadership, um, you know, in, in terms of uh, our president and CFO that came on board, Jared, came on board um, a little bit under a year ago. Uh, Raymond Hawk is now leading our sales team mm -hmm. as chief revenue officer. And then, of course, Nancy Novak, and Nancy's been fantastic. Um, you know, one of the true le leaders of women in the space. Yeah. And it's great to watch her and her vision yeah. accomplish. And, you know, still have, um, you know, the Chris Curtises and, yeah, sure. and, and the teams that, yeah. that have been there from, from the early days. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's a, it's a great team to lead, and uh, it's fun to watch them yeah. go do things. I mean, yeah. one, I think one of the biggest things as a leader, you want to hire people that are so so much better at what they do um, than, than what you could ever th yes. think about doing. That is true. And, uh, and so that's what's fun. Yeah. Um, when you think about the next few years, uh, what will have, you know, w from a trend standpoint, what will have the biggest impact on the space? What do you think will... The network. Really? Hands down. Okay. So I think that you're starting to see it. You're seeing terrestrial networks get built and submarine cables get built by folks that can't afford to have other people in control of that. Yes. Um, from a quality of service perspective. Yes. And, and, you know, I think that as applications and uh, the amount of use cases just keep getting yeah. more and more and more and more, you're going to see people want to be in control of their quality of service. Yeah. Okay. One last question. Uh, you did go to the University of Texas. You, I did. A, a passionate fan. Um, Hook them. <laughs> when you think about the football season this next year, yeah. how do you think how do you think the Longhorns will do? What's your general wow. take? Um, I feel a lot like a Detroit Lions fan, <laughs> to be honest with you, because every year you're like, man, this will be the year sure. we finally got it. And uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's been a been a long time uh, since we were since we were there. It's almost ten years. Actually, this will be the tenth year, right? Since the Rose Bowl. Uh, since yeah, 2009, since, yeah, that they won, yeah, yeah. Okay. so um, I'm just really hopeful that we um, were actually in the game when we play OU. Yeah, okay. You know, like, like, like we're, we're we actually have a decent record at yes, that point. Uh, so that's a back that's to a, a big game. Yeah. That's a that's so baby steps. That's yeah. what I'm hoping for. <laughs> when we play OU, we we don't have two losses against it. crappy teams. That's so. awesome. I love it. Well, thank you very much for jumping in here today. Really appreciate it. And excited yeah. to see what happens with Compass moving forward. Thanks, David.